Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this buddy C. We have Lala and Kate and Mira and Marla and Tina and Rob. And I think we have Marla. Yes. Did Larry have the webcam covered again? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and Paul and Craig, glad to have everyone today. How is everyone faring things? Everyone keeping their, everyone still being restored to sanity or maybe not quite as insane or? I'm actually, I'm actually enjoying myself. I think this is, I think this is kind of me getting ready for retirement. This is what retirement must look like for, for some people. <laughs> Just getting up in the morning and thinking, what am I going to do today? I can't go anywhere. What am I going to do? I, yeah, I had to put the day of the week on my clock on my computer because I, I kept forgetting which day it was. That's awful. They're all melding into each other. Yeah. I'm really grateful that the weather's changing here in Michigan because if if I didn't have the outside to go to, it would, mm-hmm. I think the four walls would start to close in. But Callum, we're spreading. We're spreading. Myself were, we, we were out in the garden yesterday. So, sorry, we, we were out in the garden yesterday and went some blankets down and we had a picnic outside and then he was watching his Kindle and I was reading mine and I was lying with one arm there and one arm there and I was kind of resting my head in the arm at the top and the arm at the top got sunburnt. Another one's just still Casper White. You can almost see through it. But the other one got sunburned. We've had brilliant weather. We've had great weather recently. So That's great. No, it makes a difference. I'll tell you what, I have to get up every day and stay, uh, work on my spiritual fitness and have some kind of routine. If I don't, then, I mean, I can just get in my head about this and it can get, uh, get scary when I start all that, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. This is a part, this Thursday morning meeting is part of a ritual, but I'm, uh, yeah, definitely had to do some different things to stay on track. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. I was talking to a sponsor yesterday. I said, just, you've got to put in your time to wake up spiritually every day. I said, you, you do that personally, you go get your cup of coffee, you do whatever your routine is, you do that every day, no matter what time you get up or what's going on, you know, you got to wake up, you know, whatever that is. I said, you need to wake up spiritually too, you know? And so what is it that wakes you up spiritually for the day? Is it, you know, whatever it is, you need to be doing it. Yeah. Craig? The Admiral McRaven commencement speech came up on my Facebook feed yesterday. And that's one where he says, if you, if, if you want to change the world, start by making your bed. Uh, I, I find that's a, a, a great inspiration during this because I, I, I do think it's far too easy to become complacent in everything that you're doing. Not just not just spirituality and working on your program, but there can be sometimes you just think, oh, I'm going to lie in my bed. Mm-hmm. I'm, not going to, I'm not going to do anything at all. It's kind of different because we've got Callum on the go, so he comes through in the morning anyway, and we've, we've kind of got a routine going. We've got one of the guys does a PE session between nine o'clock and half past nine, so we've kind of integrated that, and Louise is back to work today as well, so she's working from home. I think staying in that routine has been, I think I would have went mad, madder, madder by now, if I, mm. if I, didn't, have that, if I didn't have those routines going. I've, I've, I've actually taken another couple of sponsees as well. Because yeah, I find me too. I've got all this extra free time that, you know what, I'm as well giving it to somebody. I'm as, I'm, I'm as well making use of it the best of it rather than sitting feeling sorry for myself. Yeah, we did. We started this 9 p.m. Eastern meeting every day. and We're still doing it. And we're on week three or four. I don't They're all running together, but it's every night. And so I've got two guys helping me chair. So we rotate the chairing. So it's not the buddy show, which is good. Uh, but I'm always there helping. And uh, we we had one guy with three days that showed up, one guy with seven. I mean, and so they're uh, they're staying sober through uh, through this, you know. And they're they're using this meeting. Got a lot of good people. It's just God doing for us the the body coming together in a different way, you know. Rob, hold up, I'll unmute you. I got it. Okay. Um, part of my routine is not to get stuck in the news, and it. I don't know who I talked to earlier. I don't know if it was this group, but 
Um, I had to turn off the regular news. And I've discovered a real gem. Um, there's the guy from the office, John Brzezinski. He has a, a little thing that he, he just did from his house called Some Good News, SGN Network. Uh, it's incredible. It's all positive, good stuff from this. And I just stick John Hopkins, New England School of uh, New England Journal of Medicine and CDC. That's my only source. I don't look at feeds and comments from Facebook. We, you know, people pass along. None of that. I don't turn on the regular networks. I hope they go out of business, to be honest with you. And that that's kept my sanity, and that is part of my routine. And once I started that, that helped a lot of the uh, train wreck in the head. That, that stopped a lot of it cold because there's a, there's a lot of good stuff. And then finally, if you haven't heard Omar's podcast, the one this week from um, the rabbi, and I, I apologize, I forget his name, but that rabbi is Rabbi Jacobson. Yeah, that is so powerful. On, on just the healing and the course correction and the spiritual wake-up. Because when it comes right down to it, we're soul beings, and we're all connected. And whatever you believe, whatever, you know, the, the details of your faith, at the core of it, we are just soul beings, uh, little fires that are pointing towards heaven, uh, one of the few things that defy gravity as far as how we look. And we, we just need to look up into each other and and change and quit being so narcissistic. And I'm speaking of myself as much. I'm not speaking to other people, but um, I'm just excited uh, about this time. It's early morning. I just woke up, and I'm already um, feeling spiritual. So I appreciate this group and uh, this opportunity that we have in, in these crazy times (laughs) it really is but i think we're going to come out on the other side better people the 77th chapter of the Tao Te Ching Kate would you like to read today ma'am i would first translation the Tao of heaven is like the bending of a bow the high is lowered and the low is raised if the string is too long it is shortened there is not enough, it is made longer. The Tao of Heaven is to take from those who have too much and give to those who do not have enough. Man's way is different. He takes from those who do not have enough and gives to those who already have too much. Want man has more than enough and gives to the world? Only the man of Tao. Therefore, the sage works without recognition. He achieves what has to be done without dwelling on it. He does not try to show his knowledge. Second translation. As it acts in the world, the Tao is like the bending of a bow. The top is bent downward. The bottom is bent up. It adjusts excess and deficiency so that there is a perfect balance. It takes from what is too much and gives to what isn't enough. Those who try to control, who use force to protect their power, go against the direction of the Tao. They take from those who do not have enough and give to those who have far too much. The master can keep giving because there is no end to her wealth. She acts without expectation, succeeds without taking credit, and doesn't think that she is better than anyone else. Third translation. The Tao of Heaven works in the world like the drawing of a bow. The top is bent downward, the bottom is bent up. The excess is taken from and the deficient is given to. The Tao works to use the excess and gives to that which is depleted. The way of people is to take from the depleted and give to those who already have an excess. Who is able to give to the needy from their excess? only someone who is following the way of the Tao. This is why the master gives expecting nothing in return. She does not dwell on her past accomplishments and does not glory in any praise. Final translation. Lao Tzu said using Tao was like pulling on a bowstring. The top bends down, the bottom bends up, and all the energy is focused in the middle. Tao takes energy from where it is, 
and sends it where it needs to be. But most people take from those who don't have enough, so those who have too much already can have more. So who in this world is truly generous to others? People who are in touch with Tao. They do their work without taking credit. They get the job done and move on. They aren't interested in showing off. Thank you, Miss Kate. Comments? I'll jump in. Third or fourth time I read through that, it points out flaw, my own flaws in that do I have, do I give away what I don't need or, and, and expect nothing? And it, it points those out to me pretty clearly. And what, uh, whether I'm doing that or not, I need to look at that in order to live the, the way of the Tao. Um, it's, that's a pretty important one. Do we have any archers here? I watched a YouTube video on archery, beginner archery, just to get an idea of what he might be talking about with a bow. Yeah, I didn't get it either. Well, I got a good bit out of the video I watched because it was talking about how that to properly shoot a bow, it takes the force from both ends and centers the force. And you have to have balance between both the top and the bottom. You can't pull the string higher, you know, up too high. You got to be in the center, you know, or too low. And it's a, you know, and you have to have the right amount of tension and, and all those things. And I couldn't help but think about this as being an example of Wu Wei and this balance and effortless effort that we're looking for. And how we, giving us an example of how we can be in that place of balance, that place of ease. Um, and I think the master is the, you know, and when we get out of that balance is like uh, where they talk about those who try to control, who use force to protect their power. You're out of balance when you're doing that. Uh, goes against the uh, go against the direction of the Tao. They take from those who don't have enough and give to those who have far too much. And the way that we stay, it says the master can keep giving because there's no end to her wealth. Well, I can't be talking about money because there's always an end to money, no matter how much money you have, in my thinking. So, I mean, yeah, granted, we have to, you know, be generous with what we have money-wise. But it may be talking about something more uh, of more value than our physical wealth, um, in my thinking. Um, so she acts without expectation, succeeds without taking credit. See, taking credit is excess and doesn't think that she is better than anyone else. And Stephen Mitchell says that she is transparent. So for me, that is an example of how I can be in that place of ease and center, maximizing everything. And my actions should be ones of giving, ones without expectations, without the pride and ego that's associated with uh, credit taking and and collecting credit, you know, collect trophy collecting, you know. And doesn't think that I'm better than anyone else. So you've got that whole pride part of that, too, and that uh, better than mentality. Giving, expecting nothing in return, does not dwell in past accomplishments, and does not glory in praise. Aren't interested in showing off. Works without recognition. Achieves what has to be done without dwelling on it. Does not try to show his knowledge. Wow, I, I just see people pop up in my head when I read that, you know. But that's the way we stay in balance. I think that humility is a big part of that, how we stay in balance with this. Uh, I was thinking about what excesses that I have that I can give. Time, money, love, kindness. Can I be an instrument of giving, of increasing? And then what's detracting from that for me, my fear, my anger, my resentment, those things that uh, 
No, no, I kind of think of this as like um, just physically stretching that bow when it's overstretched. Yeah. Like, I felt kind of guilty the other day canceling a not solid plan, but kind of a plan I have with a friend who's going through a lot, just has to put one of her animals down, going through a breakup, stuff with work, just all that. And I've really been there for her, but um, Tuesday... I was, like, not going to be available till 7 at night. I'm a morning person. And she was even going to come my way at first. And, you know, then she didn't want to come to my house. And then I was like, yeah, you know, I probably won't make it out there till Friday. And she goes, well, you know, whatever. I think she was making bibimbap. So she's like, oh, the meat, even though I don't eat meat, won't won't keep. And it won't last. And I said, yeah, I'm I'm not going to keep tonight either. Like, I don't have anything to give tonight. You know, by the time I get out to you, I'm going to so half-ass being a friend to you. Like, and I almost wrote back and, you know, later and said, I'm sorry I didn't make it out. But I was like, no, like, I didn't have anything to give, you know. And I've done that. I've been such a people pleaser in the past for overcompensating from drinking and being an asshole that I've always overgiven. And then, you know gotten either resentful or half-assed it and it wasn't a good experience or a very positive experience so I just kind of picture that bow being stretched beyond where it's supposed to stretch other than that exact equal balanced point and um trying to live in that balance you know if I've got it to give I give it if I don't I don't want to show up because you're not going to get a pretty picture, you know, like if I'm not in the mood to deal with my mom's crap, I got to like, you know, put the blinders on till I'm ready to, you know, be giving. So I don't know. I think that visual picture of the bow is, it's balance, balance, you know, give when you can and, you know, give yourself some slack when you can't. Thanks Lala. Yeah, I totally am with you on that being unable to give to somebody when you, when they need it and you, you just don't have it, you're depleted. Take it. Yeah. I got to take care of me first. And it's, and it's about boundaries and, and you know, how much I used to be a doormat, you know, that's, that's all about giving. There was no balance there when you're a doormat. Yeah. And I buy that drinking because like I said, I was constantly making up for being, fucking up you know I was constantly like let me buy this let me do this let me let you do this to me because you know I made such an ass out of myself last night it's like the more time that's that I get away from doing those things the more I can reclaim the people pleasing I think he's really talking about taking it up a level though to where we really have um that if we can get to this place in our giving, that it's uh, free of expectation, free of motive, free of hooks. You know what I mean when I say a hook? When I love you with a hook, I'm wanting something back, you know. <laughs> no hooks, you know, no hooks. And, and I mean, I try at that, but even now still, I've, I find myself hooking, you know. <laughs> So no, buddy, you can't do that. You know, you can't expect something out of them because of what you did. You know, you can't expect that. You know, uh, Kate, you have something to do. So when, I guess when I think about this, I kind of think about um, it kind of being based in my own insecurity. Like, I I guess I'm kind of thinking about the the they aren't interested in showing offline in it um and the balance in that because when i'm doing that i'm kind of putting myself above or below i'm trying to i'm kind of putting myself above other people because i'm showing i'm trying to make myself look better than them um but i'm but it's really because i'm feeling below them yes you know it's Mm -hmm. because i feel like i'm in my heart, I'm feeling like I'm not good enough, so mm-hmm. I'm trying to make myself look better, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, I think it is based in fear, like you were saying earlier. And so it's like a, 
like uh, that thing of trying to get to the middle of the bow again, mm-hmm. like trying to get myself to the point where I don't feel like I have, have to show off to anybody right. where I feel equal to everybody because we are all equal. And I think that's part, I, I was thinking that's part of recovery. Like we are all equal with each other in recovery. We're all on the same level because we're all addicts and alcoholics. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's something that recovery brings to me, that we're all on the same level. I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking about. Yeah, that we're using force to protect. That can be positive or negative. Let me get Paul in real quick. Paul, I know you got to go. Yeah, I always uh, write down some keywords when uh, Kate does her reading. And uh, today I wrote down three words uh, from this chapter that, that came into my head. Uh, the first one I think Buddy touched on is modesty. Uh, setting aside the ego, which is something I have to do every day. Uh, the second thing is one Lala talked about was balance. That was my second word, uh, and she did a good job of explaining that, so I won't go into that. But now the third one is is moderation uh, popped into my head just because uh, when I was in my active addiction, I had no clue what moderation meant. I did everything, balls to the wall, you know, my drinking, my work, everything else. There was no moderation, and therefore there was no balance in my life. And so over the last 10 years, I've really, really tried to work on all those things. And I think it's all tied together. You know, it's all the stuff we always talk about here. And uh, I think that that's what really uh, came to mind in this chapter. So, but uh, thanks, guys. I do got to run. So thanks, Paul. You know, it's amazing to me that the Tao Te Ching is like a sculpture to me and every one of these chapters is like we look at a different little different angle with a little different light you know and you're on the other side and I'm I'm on this side and I see one thing and you see something different you know that kind of a thing uh yes yeah, good stuff Tina you have something um the, the theme that keeps sticking out to me and it's probably just because it's a reoccurring theme it seems like this past year is how the ego um swings both ways in terms of woe is me Mm -hmm. and that deficiency also will throw off balance in and i think i'm just really honed in on it um first time i heard it when i first came into recovery you know years six years ago that that I didn't realize that was the ego too, that, oh man, I have, you know, it would, when I hear people say, you know, hi, I'm Tina, I'm an alcoholic. Um, I'm really an alcoholic. Like, I think I resonate with that because that's how I feel, but I'm like, what makes me more alcoholic than the next person? And, but I used to really be like, yeah, me too. I'm really, really got a lot of character defects. You know, you guys don't even know. <laughs> and yeah, I think I, I was thinking, thinking I was being humble and I was being like, but it was just the other opposite of the. The pride in reverse. Probably because I didn't feel here. I mean, none of us probably really feel here. Like, it's like Kate said, we overcompensate. So we, we, but we're really feeling here. And so it, that's that's where I was thinking of with that bow with about you know it being not pulled tight enough and I was I was also thinking with that pulling of the bow how when I'm challenged to give or challenged when I know it's affecting my ego and my pride some you know and I'm that stretching that happens and I don't want to be stretched <laughs> even but it, that's the thing if I'm in the center. I'm there so I can be stretched. That's the whole point is so I can be of use. So that was my thinking was, man, I'm being stretched. That's what I'm designed to be. I'm designed to be used. I'm designed to be stretched like this. I'm designed to give. So that's, how about this idea? Why do y'all think that there's no end to the wealth of the master? It says the master can keep giving because there is no end to her wealth. I was thinking of any ideas, Marla? You were asking what do we think this means? Yeah, no end to her wealth. 
It says there's no end to it. They're not talking about money. They're talking about a wealth of of your soul, a wealth of giving, your depth of the well inside of each of us. It has nothing to do with money whatsoever. Yeah, but we can get to that point in our giving that we know that, see, that goes back to the humility that, that we're not the source of any of that. If we think oh, we're the source, then there is an end to it. So you're talking about uh, the wealth of the universe? I'm talking about what we have what? to give, our love, our you know recovery, yeah, whatever it is that we're in a place of giving. That if we've come to an end of what we have, it may be good to look at what we're giving and why we're giving it. We there may what I'm saying is any time that we feel we're at an end point, and I get there too. There is a source available to us if we can, you know, if we can just take a step back and look at what's going on. And we may need to adjust what we're doing or why we're doing it, you know, because that may have something to do with the the reason that it's stressing us in some way. Um, Craig? Okay, right. So I was I was going to go down the same line as Marla went. Um I think if we have an abundance of space within ourselves to give to people, if we're constantly letting go of things and not, not succumbing to our fears, if we're constantly doing a, a step six and step seven, humbly asking that our, our, our defects of characters have been removed so that we have, we have space for people, not giving in to our fears, um, embracing love, coming, coming to everybody from a place of love, and recognizing that when we do have aspects of fear coming into our lives, then we page 84 it. We, we talk, we, we pray about it. We talk to somebody about it and we help somebody. We get, get out of, get out of our own ways. And I think when we do start to, when we do start to get back into the old habits, then I do tend to have less, less space for other people. I don't have more time for anybody else. I don't have, I don't have the patience, the, the love, the tolerance for anybody else because I kind of see it as they're interfering with, with my way of living, I think going with the going with the essence of the Tao is not resistant, not taken, just just given as you have it, and recognizing where abundance comes in. And and Craig, to to, to what Lala said earlier, there's a balance with that where we learn when to say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we yep. learn when. You know, that might look like something I need to be doing, mm-hmm. but maybe I don't need to do that. Yep. I think you know, learning that, that, that intuitive voice that can really show us what we need to be doing and when. Um, I told a sponsee yesterday, I said, listen, you have an opportunity. You're at home. Nobody's messing with you. You have nothing you have to do. I said, why don't you meditate a little this morning and then make yourself available and just just do whatever's next that you want to do and just spend the day going from one thing to the next and learn how to follow that intuitive voice. And I said, I try to live that way all the time. But I said, you have an opportunity that you don't have to, you know, be a firefighter right now. You know, you have to put out these fires, one fire after another, after another. I said, just tell God you're available. I said, and see what comes up to do and just learn to do. I said, try that for a day and see if you don't have a great day. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but we can take some of these things that we have that are issues and maybe turn them into some opportunities, Rob. So I'm going to try to put this spiritual thought together. So bear with me. I'm still waking up. Um, short attention span. I'm still resonating with Rabbi Jacobson's interview that uh, Omar did with him and there was a concept that I'm now seeing is something that I was taught before I just didn't understand it and that is that there is an illusion that we create on earthly wealth and we we tend to think that people are successful or have made it and if by their bank account and or their accomplishments. And the rabbi's point in in this interview was that this COVID-19, this pandemic that we're in, has leveled the playing field 
you could have five jets, one of the richest men in the world, but you really can't go anywhere now. None of it, it, it's been, it's been taken the strip down to our commonality and at the root and core, the premises were spiritual beings. And this is a spiritual life that we're in. And we've replaced this illusion of control is how we put it, that we have control. And for, for me, I won't speak for us, for me, this illusion of control was at the core of my insanity. Uh, I, I thought I had to have control everything, over everything. And then when I knew I didn't, I drank. So we use this control in our lives and power to establish our wealth or our, our insecurity. If we don't have the money, then we think that you know, we're not worth anything. But the point, and I'll try to bring this back, the point and the point of this, I believe, of 77 is we give from our excess. And I think that is as much from our, 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 our hearts and love as it is physical money. And we don't expect anything in return. And going back to my, the original lessons I learned, at one time Jesus was asked, how do I enter the, how do I get to heaven? What is the secret to getting to heaven? And he replied, sell everything you own and give it to the poor and follow me. And I think the point wasn't giving. I think the point was get rid of the illusion that you've got some kind of control over this thing and that you are somebody you're not based on this physicality. Because really what it's about is admitting that you don't have control and at that point, seeing that you didn't own anything in the first place, everything you have is a gift. So from that, process, from that point, we have nothing but a desire to give because it's not ours anyway. And I've heard this concept. It's really weird. This stuff is just bing, bing. These lights are coming on. It's like I, I've heard it a, a, literally a hundred times. And... Um, I think the challenge here is to say, okay, now we've got this leveling field of where people are starting to see this. And I think this is the time where we can, we can take this movement and, and, and really start doing some great things. And um, anyway, I'm, that's all I got because I'm, I'm not a rabbi, so <laughs> I'll be quiet. The sage gives without relying on his own effort. He completes without waiting for reward. He illumines without stepping from the shadow. This is uh, Jonathan Starr. Gives without relying on his own effort. That goes back to the pride and the ego and, and, or the self-pity or any of those things. You're right. It's all a gift, Rob. That's the whole point is that we're just giving away what we're given. It's what we're doing all the time. And that, and that always points me to surrender. Always, always, always. And this teaches me, when I'm stretched, it teaches me how to turn my will and my life over to the care of God. Because, you know, like what we decided to do in the third step, turn our will and our life over to God's care. So everything we care about, letting God care about it instead of us. Letting God carry it instead of us. For me, that's the whole point of the this entire thing is do that with more parts of my life. And the, the way I know is when I'm being stretched and I feel stretched, there's something I'm caring, I'm caring about that I have got to surrender if I want relief. So that's, that's good. Thank you. Uh, I was looking to see what notes I had. Uh, why can he give expecting nothing in return or why can he give uh, with no end to his wealth? It's because he knows that it's not his abilities. All is a gift, even the abilities. No end because he's not the source. No end to love. That's what I had as a note to that. Um, you got anything in Derek Lynn you want to talk about, Craig? Uh, or I think, Or did we cover what he has? <laughs> 
think we covered most of it with what he says about having the balance. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah, because that's what he's talking about is what we've already – is that everything's everything's in balance. That we, That's what we need to get to is that place of balance. Yeah. I um, thought about pride when I was reading that, mm-hmm. having that balance of pride, just recognizing when we're getting to the stage of, you know, um, I, don't, I, I don't know the word for it, um, getting too much for people. You know what I mean? Just, just not not being there for people, but at the same time, not not stepping over that line where you're making a, you know, you're making an ass of yourself, or you're you're kind of imposing on people, you know, and kind of trying to stay right sized with what you're doing. Well, that's when we're using force. Yeah, that's when we're you know not pulling from the center when we're pulling from pride, or pulling from pity, or pulling with a hook. You know, all those motives, all that shit that we add into this, you yeah. know. We're supposed to my intentions behind it, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Marla, do you have anything out of Wayne Dyer you would like to discuss? Yeah, do I? Do I? You know, I read through it last night late. Um, I didn't underline anything because I liked it all. Uh, but it, it, he, he's kind of wordy on it. Um, I'll read the verse, 77th verse. The way of heaven is like drawing a bow. The high is lowered, the low is raised. When it is surplus, it reduces. When it is deficient, it increases. The Tao of mankind is the opposite. It reduces the deficiency in order to add to the surplus. It strips the needy to serve those who have too much. Only the one who has the Tao offers his surplus to others. What man has more than enough and gives it to the world? Only the man of the Tao. The master can keep giving because there is no end to his wealth. He acts without expectation, succeeds without taking credit, and does not think he's better than anyone else. So I'm going to go to the second uh, paragraph. While at times natural events such as droughts, floods, hurricanes, windstorms, and I'm going to put plagues in there, can seem disastrous, they're actually maintaining balance. This is also clear in the lives of butterflies, flocks of geese, or herds of caribou and the buff- and buffalo. The sport of killing upsets nature's system of dealing with surpluses. And the Tao agrees. When it is surplus, it reduces. When it's deficient, it increases. Observe nature, says Lao Tzu. If deficiencies exist, don't continue to re- reduce was already in short supply. The lessons in these final verses, I can't believe we're getting to the end, relate to governing the masses by staying harmonized with the Tao. Lao Tzu seems to rail against people in positions of political power who took from the needy to give themselves more of what they didn't need. In today's world, we can see evidence of this practice in myriad ways, but especially in lawmakers voting themselves benefits to be paid for by everyone else. Oh, boy. I'm not going to read the rest of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, going to get mad. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think we've got a more practical application. Yeah. Uh, I like this uh, this paragraph here. It's fairly simple to understand a surplus of money or possessions, but the world actually symbolizes much more. For example, there's the surplus of joy you feel that you can offer to yourself and your family. Then there's the excess of intellectual prowess, talent, compassion, health, strength, and kindness you can share with the world. Whenever you see deficiencies in joy, abundance, educational opportunities, perfect health, or sobriety, make your own surpluses available. Lao Tzu urges you to look at what's deficient and be an instrument of increasing rather than a collector of more, which marginalizes and divides the oneness that is all of life. That's pretty much what I got out of his deal. Uh, anything else in here you want to read, Marla, or are you good? Um, I do. Reduce surplus is, is a, a way of living for me. So just okay. as a practicality, I'll read it. Sure. Um, reduce what's in excess in your life. And then offer it where it can be utilized. Begin with your stuff, clothing, furniture, tools, equipment, 
right, etc. Clean your closet. Don't sell it. Rather, give it away if you can afford to. Don't ask for recognition for charitable acts. Simply behave in harmony with the Tao by reducing your surplus. Then think about your intangible abundance of health, joy, kindness, love, or inner peace, and seek ways to offer those glorious feelings to those who can benefit from your bounty, which is what the previous paragraph said. Good stuff. Um, oh, did you want to finish that? So No, so pr- practicality, I don't know if this is funny or, I don't know if this is practicing the Tao, but if I, I have a rule that, that if I buy say, a pair of shoes, I have to give a pair of shoes away. But then I just realized that's not really surplus. That's replenishing. <laughs> well, it, you're not collecting. I mean, it's no. well, yeah. in my wife's closet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, it, but it, you know, we have to look at our intention, too, you know, because there's nothing for us that uh, – that makes a difference if we're doing that as a show or doing that as a way of, uh, if our motive is still within ourselves, within the selfishness, uh, the whole point is to get past that is to let ourselves be stretched to the middle and get past all of that, you know, um, get to a place we can really be used because I don't feel the joy that I feel when I'm being used. You know, when when I'm able to help someone, when I'm able to be this channel or this instrument that we're talking about, you know, that's that's where the real peace and joy is. That's what we found. I know what I know is what I found in recovery. So, you know, because we we know that nothing helps us like intensive work with another alcoholic. If we're talking about our alcoholic craving. Well, I found if I wanted to practice this and everything, I need to, to learn to give in every area of life. If if I have a need, I need to find someone to help every time. There's no never a time that my intention points back to me. It needs my intention for me needs to point out. Even if if I'm afraid, I find someone to pray for that's afraid. Uh, I don't even have to find them. I just have to say, okay, God, I'm afraid. Who can I help? And they show up. Uh, like the, was it the May Ninth Daily Reflection about person had uh, uh it was a fear of elevators and decided they were going to confront their fear so they showed up at the elevator and there was a lady crouched in the corner that was afraid of elevators and they went in the elevator and helped that person yeah and they forgot about their fear because they were helping comforting someone else and i think that's the way it's supposed to work all the time that's getting to the center because they decided i'm going to confront my fear and God took care of the rest of it. Now, I think it can work that way with everything. And in that, they were able to give. Craig? I'm sure at the end of that story, the, the, the person that went and helped Dullow and didn't go around bragging saying, I helped this other person, look at me. No, not at all. No. Yeah, I think that's what he's talking about, doing, doing the charitable acts, but don't, but don't, don't go bragging on it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's... there's uh, well, you're still doing it within yourself if you're doing that, Craig. You're limited yeah. in your giving if that's what you're doing. Yeah. Because you're the source of that. I'm sure Jesus said a parable about that in the Bible. Don't don't tell the left hand what the right hand's doing. So something similar to that. You know, why why am I doing this? What's the intentions behind it? Is it to be genuinely genuine, or is it to be genuinely selfish and look at me, look at me? I'm I'm doing this for everybody else, and you you know what? You're just doing it for yourself. And that's that's where a lot of people struggle uh, personally. Well, that, that's when I struggled coming into recovery. That's why was I doing it? You know, the first time round I was doing it for somebody else because the doctor says, you know, if, if you don't do it, if you don't do it, then you know, your family's not going to have you. Now I'm doing it for me. I'm, I'm, I'm having to be selfish. I'm having to look at why I'm doing things. I, I'm not doing this to, to turn around and say, look, you know, look at me. I'm, I'm so many days sober. Look, looking, you know, I'm, I'm just doing it one day at a time, and there's no, there's no ulterior motive for me, for me doing this. There's, I'm, I'm not going to get, a, I'm not going to get a massive windfall out of it. There's no. It's not like one of these living a living a cabin for for a year with no no Wi-Fi for five million dollars or something. It's, you know, I'm, I'm doing it for I'm doing it for the right reason. I'm, I'm do, the intention is is solely selfish. Well, we start moving from selfish to selfless. selfless. Yeah, that's that's the movement for me yeah. in recovery. 
Yep. Everything was selfish at first. I came to recovery for selfish reasons. Yep. I came because I was losing everything and alcohol controlled my life. I was there for purely selfish reasons, absolutely selfish reasons I walked into AA. But look, look at the number of people that have benefited from, from what we've done. Yeah. Well, we move towards selfless, and the way we can say, stay in that selfless place is knowing that all of this is a gift. If we start taking credit for this, if we start thinking we're the ones that, yeah. that are doing this in our life, then we move away from that center place where we can be used. And then the force starts happening and the tension and we're not being used and we can't, you know, and it, it starts, you know, that's the disturbance. You know, we read uh, uh, in the 12 and 12, it says that anytime I'm disturbed, invariably it's me mm-hmm. that's the problem. I think that's where that is. We're not in the center when we're, when we're getting disturbed, we're, we're out of balance. We're, Allowing some something in us, some fear to control our lives, some character defect that we need to surrender and work the program on. So, yeah, I mean, that that's that's what I see in that. It's yeah. just another example of this balanced place we can be, that place in between the breaths, you know, in between. You know, we've got the in-breath and the out. The place of balance is right in the middle where there's no push or pull. Or like that place when you throw a ball in the air where it sits for just that fraction of a second before it starts to drop. You know, that place of ease. Yeah. That's the place that I think is that center place that it's talking about with the bow. That place, that Wu Wei, the place of balance, the effortless effort. It's still effort. It's just in an effortless way. And it's effortless in that it's, it lacks our pride and our ego and our fear. Do you know what that's there? You know? Me and my brother actually had me, me and my brother actually experienced that sort of thing simultaneously. Just be talking about the ball going up and just hanging, and you're kind of wondering what we're going. And I just went through my granddad's greenhouse. That's that's really the first time I ever became aware of that kind of that little pause. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> that's good stuff. Now, when I when when I um, first started reading this. And it talked about um, the surplus of things. I I automatically went to, which is why the Tao kind of tricks me sometimes when it. Sometimes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I usually get it. (laughs) So um, when I sometimes I feel like it goes from spiritual to physical, and I have a hard time distinguishing where we're at when I always want to believe it's always spiritual. Because as soon as I start to think, oh, you mean if I have too much too many shoes and um, I need to give them away, but I like how it can be both, you know, but I like one or the other. I don't want vagueness, I, <laughs> but that's why I say it's so tricky because as soon as I think I have it figured out, but that's part of the lesson um, for me. And the, I, the word I kept thinking of was motive. And then buddy said it about what is your motive? And that's what I always say, question your motive. It doesn't matter. Let's say I um, I rob a bank. Well, you know, is my motive to have more money, or is it to help the poor, or is it to, or is it just because, you know, my higher power wants me to whatever? I have to check my motive. And um, when they say give away what you have a surplus of, I automatically I'm try- I was trying to find where they talked when they said the Tao is endless, like the ocean. There, there is no surplus plus of that because it's always available and so I look at I looked at it as is it do I have too much of this it's like how can you have too much of living that lifestyle and so you always have it to give away um and I was really vibing with Marla when she said about setting the boundaries and I think to myself that's that's huge for me but then I think if my motive for giving away is to control other people and to have these expectations and to receive love, then that's my motive. And yeah, I gotta, I have to cut that off because there's unbalance there. But like I look at Mother Teresa and people that just gave endlessly because their motive was just the way of the Tao or the way of living. And so they didn't never had too much. It was just always available. So why wouldn't you just keep giving water if you had an ocean full? Versus I have 7,000 gallons of water. I'm going to give some to, then I'm distressed. Who decides to get it? 
Mm-hmm. I, I think for me, Tina, it goes back to we have plenty to give for what we're um, our part is to give, you know, if we have water to give, it's not that we need to give water to everybody we see. It's that I believe our higher power puts the people in front of us that we're to help. So the people that are there for us to help, we have plenty for them. And for some of us, it might be a lot of people and some, it might be one way and others, it might be different, you know, but whatever that purpose is for us, then we have what we need for that purpose. That's how I look at it. So it's not that I need to go out and feed the world. I just need to, I need to do feed the ones that are in front of me to feed, you know, and let, and know that that's my part of the body and that someone else's part is to do something else and me not feel bad. It'll go back to that motive thing again of, Oh, I need to do more. I need it. No, you don't. I don't need to do more. I just need to do what's in front of me to do. And that's my part. So that way I don't, it takes all of that, um, uh, fear of not doing enough or not being enough and the pride and ego of I'm doing all of this out of it back to those motives again and back to am I doing this within myself and my own power and if I'm feeling weak and disturbed there's something I'm trying to do within myself or or taking on responsibility or expectations because it was talking about expectations in there you know I'm expecting things that's not happening or you know, all of that kind of stuff. It can go a million directions, you know. But this is just learning to live in that ease, in that center place where we can be helped. Everything's a gift, and then we can we can be a help to everyone around us and be at peace with it. Yeah, that's good. Anything else? Every, everyone good? Okay. Well, don't be strangers during this. If you guys need anything, reach out, please. Thanks. Y'all have a great week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.